yourself. Anyway, uh, I want us to look at Joshua here, and uh, but let me backtrack just a little bit here. Oh, and let's do it this way. Oh, if you'll notice here, now, it's just interesting, you know, as you read your Bible, okay, I mean, you can start anywhere if you want to, but it's laid out chronological. I mean, we already know, Revelation, oh, the end, well, okay, it's at the end, isn't it? Yeah. What's at the beginning? Guess what's at the beginning? It ain't evolution. It's in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, okay? So, all this is laid out wonderfully, okay? Exodus, it's just exit. At the end of Genesis here, it's basically talking about Abraham and his family. It's just a record. could be you, your family. This was Abraham's family. You got names, places, faces, whatever. And they all wound up in Egypt under Pharaoh. Moses shows up immediately because there finally rose a Pharaoh that didn't know Joseph. Who's Joseph? Well, he's one of the characters in Genesis. It's historical. And what you, the fun part about the Bible is, why does God want me to read this thing? Why, what's, what's the purpose of the Bible? Everything you see God do for these people, wait a minute, he'll do the same for me. He will. He kept these people safe in Genesis. Wow. Exodus, he did the same thing. This is where Moses shows up. Moses is from here to here. Okay? Nothing difficult about any of that. The only difficult part is taking a moment to read it. Because I tell you, it's just like some, did I see something or did I not? My mind's playing tricks on me. You'll notice your life, like he was saying, he hadn't been in church in a while. You know, it, it, these things can slip away. You can let the Bible slip away from you. Don't. Try to take time to read the Bible. I'll never forget it. One old Sunday school teacher when I was in eighth grade. No, I was in ninth and tenth grade. I laughed. Me and my friends, we would laugh at it. I thought that's so funny, but he was right. He said, boys, you need to read that Bible. You got time to read that Bible on the commode. We just laughed. We thought, but you know what? Praise the Lord. I do have time to read my Bible, you know. And I found there's other places to read it. But I have spent a lot of time reading in that bathroom. And that's great. Now, why is it so great? We get a star. Oh, it's better than a star. Your faith in the Lord is what happens. And you'll go, praise the Lord. I'm going to get out of this trouble. And the Lord will get you out. Okay. Exodus to Deuteronomy. That's the only time frame right here for Moses. Moses dies at the end of Deuteronomy. No problem. He lived to be 120 years old. He was strong as an ox, a young man, and could see wonderfully. Why do we have that scripture? Encourages us to go, you know, Lord, I don't want to lose my eyes when I start getting that old. I want to, I want to have good eyes like that. Anyway, you start with Joshua. Now, Joshua, what's interesting with that, they got all the way to the promised land. Remember that, the promised land? They ain't got in it yet. They've been wandering around for 40 years. It was their fault. They were scared. Oh, we can't go in there. God says, oh, you will. I'll help you. We're going to wipe everybody out. Oh, no, God, we can't. And God had destroyed Egypt. And they still go, well, we can't. Oh, mercy. But anyway, I want you to see how biased this is here when we start in Joshua. Now, uh, those of us that know a lot about Joshua chapter 1, I want you to just set that aside a moment. Especially verse 8. You know, fear not, for I am with you. Fear not, you know, I'll be with you and you'll succeed. I mean, sometimes we think that's just a, a, uh, it's a song or whatever. This is all your life, Okay. So here we go. After the death of Moses, the Lord's disciple, God spoke to Moses' assistant, whose name was Joshua. Okay. The son of Nun. He said to him, now that my disciple is dead, you are the new leader of Israel. Lead my people. Now, before I go any further, look at this. Here's the tail end of, of the book prior to that, Deuteronomy. Okay. Oh. Oh. Notice this. Moses died. See, notice it right at the end. And we pick up with Joshua. Look, at there's that verse. Moses was 120 years old when he died. Yet his eyesight was perfect, 
he was strong as a young man. That's a fable, isn't it? No, it's not a fable. It ain't a fable. Wow. Mm. So that's what happens when you read the Bible. You go, well, I wonder if that's true or not. <laughs> well, Jesus is dead wrong if the Bible's not true because he, he spoke of Moses. Matter of fact, we have a situation in, in uh, oh, Matthew chapter 17 where Moses showed up while Jesus was there. And so did Elijah, another prophet. Okay, so now... He says, lead my people into the Jordan, across the Jordan River into the promised land. I'll say to you what I said to Moses. Look at this. Wherever you go uh, will be part of the land of Israel. All the way from the Negev Desert in the south. This is the borders of Israel. Smaller today than it is here. But anyway, to the south, Lebanon Mountains in the north. Mediterranean Sea of the west. Euphrates River. It's down there near Pharaoh. No one will be able to oppose you as long as you live. Now, that's not a up-down Christianity, sometimes win, sometimes lose. No, this is all the time. That's the reason it's so important for us to read the Bible, because these ups and downs, you can get, oh, I read this book. When problems happen, when God says no, or when things don't work out, I'm not reading that book. I'm reading this one here. He said, no one will be able to oppose you as long as you live. As I w- and notice, this was not a secluded thing, just secret for, no, you can't see it. This is for Joshua. No, we're getting to see it. Why do I want these details? Because it's for everybody. It's for us. So he says, be strong. Well, notice he said, I'll not abandon you or fail to help you. That's the reason David, King David, and his men did such fantastic things. They knew all this. Be strong. Be brave. For you will be a successful leader of my people. And they'll conquer all the land I promised in their, to their ancestors. He said they would. You only need to be strong and courageous and obey to the letter every law Moses gave you. Now, they were going to make some mistakes. It's not like, well, it would be perfect. No, because they weren't going to be perfect here. There was always always forgiveness for sin, things like this. The thing that would get them, though, the main sin was if you went after another god or said, my god can't do that. Well, we can't go over there. That's what would get them in trouble. But that's not what's going to happen here. If you're careful to obey every one of these, you'll be successful in everything you do. It's like, I was having trouble, and I mentioned this last week about my brake lines. Well, I needed to fix this doggone brake line. And at work, I was sitting there going, oh, I just don't want to get into it. But I remember a Friday afternoon when I got off early, I said, I'm going to do this. I'm going to get it. And I tell you, I went so fast. I fixed this, 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 this. I was done. And you know why I knew it was done? I mean, why I was done and how I did it? Because I knew this. I knew this. Now, I'm going to show you what happens. This is fantastic. Constantly remind the people of these laws. That's why it's so important you read your Bible. And you yourselves must think about them every day and every night, so you'll be sure to obey them. Only then are you going to succeed. Yes, be bold, be strong. Notice this, banish fear and doubt. Now remember, that's what cost them 40 years in the wilderness. They sent spies over there, and they came back and said, well, it's a good land, all right, but man, those guys, they're going to beat the daylights out of us. We can't go over there. Wait a minute. All ten plagues that hit Pharaoh, water turned into blood, the frogs, the lice, the hail, and then the ocean opening up. Oh, yeah, but God can't do it. <clears throat> Gee. See, we don't want to get involved in that. Be bold. Then Joshua instructed, here's the end of the first chapter. He instructed the leaders, tell the people to get ready to cross the Jordan River. In three days, we're going to go across and conquer and live in the land where he told them. Now, remember... Nobody's asked the question, how are we going to get across this river? <laughs> Remember, this is all of Atlanta, 6 million people. Cut it in half, say it was just 3 million. Okay, 3 million. All of Alabama, you know, whatever. We have 4 million, but nonetheless, you know, 
How do you get a million? Well, 100,000 times 10. Okay. All the football games played the other day, every stadium that held 100,000, all those people, fans, are together in one place, and we're going to cross this river. It's, it's wet. I mean, it's deep, and we got little ones. And, and notice what he said. In three days, we're going to go across. Next story, watch this. Then, right at that moment, he sent two spies from the Israeli camp of Acacia, I would just say Atlanta, to cross the river and check out the situation there, especially Jericho. All right, they arrived at an inn operated by a woman named Rahab, who was a... Oh, y'all didn't see that. Excuse me. Man, the book... This book is so wonderful. I mean, some, some people go, Oh, God, you know. Why am I, I, the Lord won't have anything to do with me because, you know, I've been involved in this and, and whatever. Watch what happens to this woman. And guess what? If you don't know it, Matthew chapter 1. She's one of the great, 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 about 14, 14, maybe 28, 28 great grandmother of Jesus. Didn't know he had a harlot, did you? Yeah, he knew that. Listen, we've all sinned. You can point out whatever favorite sin you think is killing you and going to knock you out of the kingdom of God, and you're going to find out it won't. It's not, because we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. We've all blown it. Now notice this, and what's so stupid? I mean, if we're going to be picky, guess where these two guys are going to spend the night? And I bet you one of them said, hey, Herb, let's spend the night over here. <laughs> we don't know. But they spent the night at her place. Anyway, they were planning to spend the night there. But someone informed the king of Jericho that the two Israelis were suspected of being spies had entered that city. He dispatched police squad to Rahab's home. Wow. They're spies, he explained. They've been sent by the Israeli leaders to discover the best way to attack us. But she hit them and told the officers in charge, well, the men were here earlier, and, but I don't, know, I, I don't know if they were spies. They left at dusk, you know, uh, when the gates were about to close. I don't know where they are. If you hurry, you probably catch them. But she actually took them up to the roof. Wow. Now, remember, she's going to wind up in this genealogy. That means some Israeli is going to marry her. But what happened? So the constable and his men, they went down the Jordan River looking for him. Meanwhile, the city gates were kept shut. Rahab went up to talk to the men before they retired at night. Now, I'll tell you another place. This is Hebrews chapter 11. Rahab's faith. Faith? Oh, she believed in God. Well, I believe in God too, but when things are going sour, my money's not coming in, my car's not working, you need to have faith then that the Lord will help you. Notice what she's going to say. She knows she's fixing to be annihilated by this group of Israelis because she has already... Notice the words she heard. Of course, it's fables, remember? Because none, none of this really happened. Well, then how come Rahab's so scared? She went up to talk to him. Okay, I know perfectly well that your God is going to give my country to you. Now, how did she know that? Oh, she's a Christian. Oh, she's not. She's just a bystander and saw this. Look what else she said. We are all afraid of you. Everyone is terrified. If the word Israel is mentioned, for we heard how the Lord made a path through the Red Sea. Oh, that was fantasy. It never happened. It was shallow. We just walked across and little. That is baloney. Man, Pharaoh was killed in that incident right there. And we know. What else did they know? We know what you did to, here's those two kings just a few weeks earlier. 
They killed the king of Sion and Og and the two Amorite kings east of the Jordan. How you ruined their land, completely destroyed their people. No wonder we are afraid of you. No, Look at this. No one has any fight left him in at all after hearing these things. For your God is the supreme God of heaven, not just an ordinary God. Now I beg you this one thing. Now this is why she's mentioned in Hebrews. Swear to me by the sacred name of your God that when Jericho is conquered, you will let me live along with my father and my mother and my brothers and sisters and their families. You stupid prostitute. That is so selfish. You're a prostitute. Is it selfish? Come on. It's not selfish. Everybody needs God. Everybody needs help. Look at this. This is only fair. And look what she's doing. I, look, I saved your hide. It's only fair. After I have, The men agreed. He said, if you won't betray us, we'll see to it that you and your family aren't harmed. Now, wait, hold on a minute. There's six million other Jews. Two Jews are doing the bargaining here. No, who's doing the bargaining is Rahab believed the Lord would do this for her. And that's exactly what happened. We'll defend you with our lives. Since uh, her house was on top of the city wall, uh, let them down by a rope from the window. Now, remember the story. The walls came crumbling down. So wonder the walls didn't get her. No, the Lord knows how to take care of everybody. He will. You ask him. So anyway, uh, escape to the mountains, she said. Hide there for three days until the men searching for you have returned. Then go your way. But before they left, look what they said. We cannot be responsible what happens to you unless this rope hangs from this window. Tie a yellow ribbon around there. Well, this was a scarlet rope. Uh, if they go out in the streets, we assume no responsibility. But we swear that no one inside this house will be killed or injured. However, if you betray us, this oath is no longer binding. She said, I accept your terms. Left a scarlet rope hanging in the window. All right. The spies went, look at this, into the mountain, stayed there three days. Okay. They finally got all the way. They got back to Joshua. The Lord will certainly give us the entire land, they said, for all the people over there are scared to death of us. Now, that's what Joshua said 40 years ago when he and uh, Caleb Came back. But the other ten bozos said, oh no, they're going to get us. All right, here we go. Chapter 3. Early the next morning, the people of Israel left Acacia, and they arrived at the banks of the Jordan. They camped a few more days. On the third day, the officers went through the camp. Now, remember, there ain't three or four of them. There's six million people. So you dispatched a lot of people. Had to tell everybody, look, we're going to cross the river tomorrow. Notice what he says. When you see the priests carrying the ark of God, follow them. Now, remember, the ark, represents the, uh, the ark represents the presence of the Lord. Okay? Jesus, we know about him today. We know that his presence is with us all the way. But back, in the, back before Jesus had died, these people were just told to, to watch this, this. This symbolized, and it's more than just symbolism, that God was going before them. Matter of fact, any time they went to war, Moses said, remember those previous chapters? Moses said, take that ark out there. You know, and you'll wipe them out. Didn't say, well, you might win. No, every time you're going to win. You're going to win. All right, you've never been where you're going now, so they'll guide you. Come with the priest and that ark. Stay about a half mile behind. Don't get any closer. Okay, Joshua told the people to purify themselves. The Lord's going to do a great miracle. Yeah, right, right. You never know what God's going to do. Yes, you do. He's going to bail you out. In the morning, he ordered the priest, take up the ark. Lead us across the river. Anybody got any idea what's going to happen to this river? I think you do, don't you? So, see, it's so, so funny. Sometimes in Sunday school or our understanding of the Bible, we just thought it was the Red Sea. 
This thing's fixing to split again. And it's not the only time it's going to split. About 200, 300 years after this, there's a prophet by the name of Elisha. After Elijah goes up in a whirlwind, he takes the staff that Elijah had, basically says goodbye. He turns around the Jordan River and he hits the river and says, where is the God of Elisha? And it's split again. Fairy tales, fairy tales. Oh, please. It ain't fairy tales. Watch what happens. All right, I'll give you great honor so that Israel know that I'm with you just as I was with Moses. Instruct the people, the priests who are carrying the ark, to stop at the river. So he summoned all the people, told them, come listen to what the Lord your God has said. Today, you're going to know for sure that the living God's among you, and he will without fail drive out, and these are the bad guys, all those bad guys. All the people who now live in the land, will, you'll soon occupy. Think of it, the ark of God who is the Lord of all the earth, will lead you across the river. Now remember, this, the banks were overflowing. This was harvest time. It was like, really? Now notice this. Select 12. This is reading this. So it's just a myth. It's just, it's not, it didn't happen. Uh, look at this. 12 guys from each tribe for a special task. When the priests carrying the ark touch the water with their feet, the river's going to quit flowing, and it'll be held back by a dam and will pile up as though against an invisible wall. Now, it was harvest season, and the Jordan River was overflowing all its banks, kind of like the Tennessee, and we have a few pretty good rainstorms after a while. It just gets full. But as the people set out to cross the river, and as the feet of the priests were carrying the ark, touched the river's edge, suddenly far up the river at the city of Adam, near Zareth, a couple of places that don't exist, you know, they do exist. The water began piling up as though against the dam. And the water below that point flowed onto the Dead Sea. We've heard of that place, yeah. Until the riverbed was empty. Then all the people crossed at the spot where the river was close to the city of Jericho. This is the end of it. And the priest who were carrying the ark on dry ground in the middle of the Jordan waited as all the people passed by. Imagine that. The priest carried this. As soon as they touched the water, it started piling up. And then as you pass by, you're probably saying, hey, mama, daddy, look at that ark. Because remember, you couldn't see the ark, but you could see it at times like this. It was behind the Holy of Holies. They're going, they'd see those angels overflowing. I mean, overlooking that ark. It was the mercy seat is what it was called. Mercy seat, not, oh, you better be perfect. No, it's the mercy seat. All right, here we go. When all the people were safely across, all 12 of them, no, was it 12? It was 6 million. The Lord said to Joshua, tell the 12 men chosen for this special task, one from each tribe, take a stone. From where the priests are standing, they're still out there in the middle. And carry out, and uh, to carry them out in, piles, in stones and put them up as a monument where you camp. So Joshua summoned the 12 and told them, go out in the middle of the Jordan where the ark is. I mean, a couple of these strapping fellas here, you know, go get one of the big ones. I got the tribe of so-and-so. I got Judah, all 12 of them. Anyway, go out in the middle with each of you and carry a stone. Okay, put it on your shoulders, 12 and all, one for each tribe. Now, why is this? He's going to tell you. We're going to use them to build a monument so that in the future, when your children say, what's that monument for? Well, wait a minute. This never happened. This is a fable. No, it's not. It's true. It did happen. Do you know Solomon erected a monument where the children of Israel crossed the, dead, I mean, the Red Sea? He put up one when he had his reign. And you can tell them to remind us that the Jordan River stopped flowing. How many miracles do you need to remember to know you're going to be okay today? I mean, we should have plenty of them, you know. 
We just go back and think. And if you can't think of any, get your Bible out and read about these. The monument will be a permanent reminder to the people of Israel of this amazing miracle. Yeah, the God who used to do stuff. No, he never was the God who used to. He still does. So the men did as Joshua told them. They took 12 stones from the middle of the Jordan, one of each tribe, just as the Lord had commanded. They carried them to the place where uh, they camped for the night and constructed a monument. Now, that ain't the all. Look at this. Joshua also built a monument of 12 stones. Where? Before the water went back. They said, let's build one in the ocean down there. So Jacques Cousteau and whatever, all those... The scuba divers could find it later. Yeah. At the place where the priests were standing. And it's there to this day. Yeah, right. This is a fable. Never happened. Oh, it did happen. The priests who were carrying the ark stood in the middle of the river until all the instructions of the Lord, which had been given to Joshua and Moses, were carried out. Meanwhile, the people had heard across the riverbed. When everyone was over, the people watched the priests carry the ark up out of the riverbed. The troops of Reuben, Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh, fully armed as Moses had instructed, 40,000 strong. Anyway, they led the other tribes across the plains of Jericho. It was a tremendous day for Joshua. The Lord made him great in the eyes of all the people, and they revered him as much as they did Moses, respected him deeply all his life. For it was Joshua who, at the Lord's command, issued the orders for the priests carrying the ark. Man, what an amazing thing. Come up from the riverbed, the Lord told him to command them. So Joshua issued the order. Soon as the priests came out, water poured down again, as usual, overflowed the banks. This miracle happened on, actually that's my sister's birthday, the 25th of March. That day, the entire nation crossed the Jordan River and camped at Gilgal, the eastern edge of the city of Jericho. There were 12 stones piled up there. Joshua again explained the purpose. In the future, when your children ask about why these stones are here, you can say these stones are a reminder of the amazing miracle that the nation of Israel crossed the Jordan River on dry ground. Tell them how the Lord dried up the river before our eyes and kept it dry until we were across. Uh-oh, it's the same thing the Lord did 40 years ago at the Red Sea. Wow. He did this so all the nations of the earth will realize Jehovah is the mighty God. So that all of you will worship him forever. Now, I'm still on track here. This is the last one. Look at this. We'll stop in this one. When the nations west of the Jordan, the Amorites, these are the bad guys, who lived along the Mediterranean coast, heard that the Lord dried up the river, the Jordan River, so the people of Israel could cross, their courage melted away completely. They were paralyzed with fear. Then the Lord told uh, the, the disciples, oh, uh, I mean, excuse me. Then the Lord told Joshua to set aside a day to circumcise the entire male population of Israel. Okay, I, I'm going to save this one for, like, this is a great story, but I don't want to get into this one. This is good. Okay, I want to go to 10 real quick. All right. 10. Now, they've already wiped out Jericho. They wiped out some other places. And they also, uh, oh, oh, hang on a second. Let me go back to this. I do want to pick up this one part. Well, let's see. <laughs> Let's pick up what happened to Rahab. Look at this. All right. A long trumpet blast. They marched around it seven times the last day. Shout, the Lord's given us it. He told them previously. What did he say? Oh, I dropped it now. Yeah. Kill everyone except Rahab the prostitute and anyone in her house. For she protected our spies. Wow. Okay. Now, we go to 10. All right, now when this other king, man, he knew they were in trouble. 
how Joshua captured, destroyed Ai, killed its king, the same he had done for Jericho and the people of Gibeon. Made pe- Anyway, they were very frightened. Gibeon was a great city as well as the royal cities and much larger than Ai. And its men were known as hard fighters. So the king, this king anyway, he joined up with a bunch of other kings. All these other kings, come help me destroy Gibeon. Okay, that's just a town, the Israelis now. For they have made peace with Joshua and the people of Israel. So the five Amorite kings combined their armies for a united attack on Gibeon. Come help your servants, they demanded. Come quickly save us, for all the kings of the Amorites who live in the hills are here with their armies. So, so Joshua and the Israeli army left Gilgal, and they went to rescue Gibeon. Now remember, God had said, I don't care who you face in this territory, you're going to wipe them out. And that's what had been going on. Don't be afraid of them, the Lord says, for, not a, for they're already defeated. I'll give them to you. Not a single one of them will be able to stand up against you. Again, why do we have the details? Joshua traveled all night and took the enemy by surprise. The Lord threw him into a panic, and the army of Israel slaughtered great numbers at Gibeon, chased them all the way to Beth Horon, and all these places, killing them all along the way. As the enemy was racing in the hills, the Lord destroyed them with a great hailstone, continued all the way to... All, anyway, they all, more people died of the hailstorm than by the swords. Now, don't feel sorry for these guys. If you've been reading the stories, you'll find out these guys were being moved out because they're offering their kids to the fire. These nations are throwing their children to the fire. They were worshiping all kind of gods. Well, we want to be politically correct. No, we don't either. There's only one Lord. Anyway, keep going. As the men of Israel were pursuing and harassing the foe, Joshua prayed out loud. What? What is this? Let the sun stand still over Gibeon and let the moon stand in its place over the valley of Adonijah. The sun and moon didn't move until the Israeli army had finished the destruction before its enemy. This is described in greater detail in, oh, another fairy tale book. No, apparently it was written somewhere else. Wow. Okay. So the sun stopped in the heaven and stayed there for 24 hours. It just froze. Wow. There's never been such a day before and there's never been another since when the Lord stopped the sun and moon all because of the prayer of one man. Wonder about my prayers. Well, I wonder about your prayers too. What do you think about your prayers? What do you think this says about your prayers? Praise the Lord. You should be looking about that. Instead of thinking God won't answer my prayers, think He will. He will. But the Lord was fighting for Israel. Afterwards, Joshua and the Israeli army returned to Gilgal. I'm coming up to a point here. Watch what he says. During the battle, the five kings escaped, they hid in the cave. When the news was brought to Joshua, they were found. He issued a command that a great stone be rolled against that thing. Okay, so these guys were trapped in there. Joshua commanded the rest of the army, go on chasing the enemy, cut them down. Don't let them get back to their cities. The Lord will help you completely. Joshua, are you sure? Yeah, the Lord promised this the whole time. So Joshua and the Israeli army continued to slaughter, wiped out five armies, except for a tiny remnant that was managed to reach the fortified cities. Now, now this was not two people against three. Can you read verse 21? How many Israelis died? Now, this happened at the tail end of number, in numbers. The generals were, took account of all their officers and all their people, and they brought a big offering to Moses and said, uh, we just did a count. We didn't lose a single soldier. Look at this. The Israelis returned to their camp without having lost a single man. Well, win some, lose some. You're not going to win some, lose some. Praise the Lord. After that... No one dared to attack Israel. Wow. Wow. Now Joshua ordered his men. Anyway, he he brought these guys out, these five kings. 
He told the captain to put their feet on their necks. Don't be afraid or discouraged. He said to his men, be strong, courage, for the Lord's going to do this, look at this, to all your enemies. And then Joshua put their lights out. Now, I want to skip ahead just one little spot here and we'll stop. See, that's a historical event that took place. <clears throat> Remember, Israel wouldn't be there today if they didn't go reclaim their territory. God had given them that land. Okay, but anyway, go to the book of Hebrews just a second. Hebrews chapter 4. Although God's promise still stands, his promise that all may enter his place of rest, we ought to tremble in fear because some of you are on the verge of failing to get there after all. Now, he's still talking about this promised land, but he's talking about Jesus too. We still, sometimes in the church, we think this stuff is too good to be true. For this wonderful good news he's talking about. But now I'm going to skip down here something. Remember the ark that went across the water there? Notice this. This new place of rest he's talking about does not mean the land of Israel that Joshua led him into. Well, wait a minute. That was a fable. <laughs> what? No fable. The apostle Paul wrote about that event and he compared Jesus to that event. If that were what God meant, he would not have spoken uh, long afterwards about today being a time to get in. But guess what? So we have a story about the defeated promised land. They got in the promised land. Not a soul got hurt. And it's likened to Jesus and what we have today. So there's a complete full rest still waiting for the people of God. Christ has already entered there. He's resting from his work just as God did in creation. Of course, we know God didn't create the world. It was really evolution. No, what? He created it. Let's do our best to go to that place of rest. Now, how are we going to get there? i just skip ahead. 14, remember that priest going across carrying the ark? Here it is today. Jesus, the Son of God, our great high priest, who has gone into heaven itself, okay? Therefore, let us not stop trusting him. He says he understands our weakness, but now watch this. Let's skip to 16. Let's stop. So let us come boldly to the very throne of God, stay there to receive his mercy, and find grace to help in our times of need. And I don't care what you're faced with, or if you hadn't been to church in a year. Whoopee! Hallelujah! The Lord will treat you the same way he treated Joshua and all six million people as they went into the promised land. And everybody you think is going to get you, they're already scared of you like crazy. Nobody's going to come against you. Remember the Bible says no weapon formed against you prosper? Wow, where can we go with this? Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you, Lord, that if we're not feeling good, you'll take care of that. Any problem with our bodies, we're not feeling good, our backs hurt, ear aches, eye problems, whatever, no matter what it is, you'll fix it. Same thing's true financially. You'll take care of us financially. Praise the Lord. You never uh, uh, set aside and said, well, I can't help you with your money's concerned. No, praise the Lord. That's easy. Hallelujah. And if it's not any related to money or not related to our health, it's just some other problem. Oh, we know you'll fix that too. No one will be able to stand against us all the days of our life. And Lord, that doesn't leave anything left but for us to leave a record of what you've done in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. Wow. Can you believe it? 30, 30 minutes and 48 seconds. Praise the Lord.